roll. Yes. You, all right. So I'm sending you a text. Okay. Right now, as long as you had your phone out <laughs> to take a picture, and I guess this is where we'll just start uh, the meat of the episode. Okay. So it's sending right now, <laughs> and when you get it, I will know. Speaking of pictures, by the way, if you ever want a shit ton of likes on Instagram, get your picture taken with Adam Lambert. God, really? It is by far my most liked photo of all time. <laughs> right now, it has 218 likes. What the hell? Yeah. Did his fandom find it? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I hashtagged it, of course, but I was like, I didn't expect, I'm like, what What in the world? Holy shit. Yeah. 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 Plus, like, a bunch of weird comments from people I don't know. Like, someone says, lucky you, because I'd give my life for that. <laughs> what? Oh, I, I'd give my life for that smile. That's what it says. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I don't get it. I don't get, like, the hype, I guess. I don't know, man. I, I guess I don't understand any extreme fandom like that. But especially for someone who, you know, I mean... I even hate to say this in case they find our podcast and like give us all one star reviews for saying it, but like someone who hasn't been on top for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's just like, we've been talking about grinding a lot, you know, Dane cook still grinding. Who was the one last week that we uh, talked about? Who was like, Oh, Oh, Tosh point. still grinding. Yeah. Even though like, you know, it's just sort of there. They're still cranking out new episodes. Adam Lambert, the same thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's still cranking out albums and, and people still listen to them and the people that do listen to them are religious about it. I mean, South Park's another good example. You know, another religious fan base. That oh, my God. Is, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. All right. That, that's oh, still out there. I, I did get one new text message. Aha. Uh-huh. Let's see what this is. It's a baby Ruth. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. Definitely definitely a baby Ruth. What, that, was it you that said baby Ruth or was it me that said baby Ruth? I was team baby Ruth. Okay, I was team payday. That's right. But if you want to, you can blame your now wife. I believe I believe she might have been your girlfriend yeah. at the time or your fiance <laughs> rather. Uh, you not you can blame her cuz she was the one that that put payday in your mind. In in the last 6 weeks, we started dating, got engaged and got married. <laughs> It was a very quick courtship, all over paydays, all over your love of paydays. And now our uh, marriage is a lie. <laughs> yeah, it's all been based on lies. But so in in the episode, uh, the glasses, you get a good shot of the front of the candy bar when Kramer first takes it out of his pocket. He is covering up the word Ruth, I guess, yeah. to avoid any actual product placement issues. <laughs> it's like M's restaurant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it is definitely a baby Ruth that he is taunting TV's Tim Stack with in, in the episode. So we can finally put that to rest. I wanted to do it at the top of the episode. Oh, man. Well, now we have our other uh, reoccurring, or probably going to turn into a reoccurring homework bit. Uh, did you go back and look at the parking spot from season three to see like oh. if they ever like actually mention uh, that... He had no, like I, went, a, a I went through shop? the I went through I went through the transcription on the Seinfeld scripts website. Uh-huh. But I mean I couldn't even find any instance where it came up earlier in the episode. I kept I searched for like Matthew, I searched for store, I searched for closing, I searched for clothes, I searched for yogurt, I searched for like all sorts of words without even like, you know, I didn't want to like read through the entire episode transcript. <laughs> but I didn't see, I mean, maybe I can go back and just watch the episode for fun one of these days, but I really didn't see anything about frozen yogurt being mentioned. God, that, that just, yeah. it baffles me and it irks me, like, because that's a, a pretty major plot hole 
I, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's not like the integrity of the entire show is built on whether or not they said that he owned a non-fat yogurt shop. Yeah. But to have like uh to have him mention in season 3, "Oh, I heard he's got to close the store." Yeah. And then that lays the framework for a season 5 episode where all of a sudden a, the store didn't close, but now it's thriving, and then in that same episode, it does close. Yeah. It's just yeah. so weird. I, I don't, I mean, I guess the only thing I can think, I, I don't know why they yeah made it the same exact family. Even if they needed a kid for the F word B story, like, <laughs> even if they needed, a, like, you just get a get a new kid and a new mom. Yeah, you know? like, like what, what's it, what's it going to hurt to have different actors in there? Yeah, why did it have to be a known person to the Seinfeld and the I, Seinfeld universe. I don't know for for how for how quick they are to like open an episode and say, "Oh yeah, this person we've been dating. These these are our issues. I'm dating <laughs> yeah, this yeah. person now." And just to world build in 90 seconds, why the hell <laughs> why the hell did they need to pull an actor from a previous episode? Yeah, oh, for how quick they are to recast actors that are major <laughs> characters in the show. Yeah. <laughs> Seinfeld's dad, George's dad. Uh, this, uh, I mean, spoiler alert. This is not the only Lloyd Braun that we will see. Lloyd Braun gets recast oh later my God, on in the series really? when he pops back up. Wow, so right. to track down Matthew and his mom again, when they're when they could have said like, "Hey, this is even if they wanted to use the same names, this is Matthew, this is his mom." We would not have <laughs> known the difference. <laughs> I just don't get it. Uh, Why God. go to all the trouble? You know, I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> Why break character like that? It's just not in the show's character. <laughs> uh, did we have any more homework? Uh, I no, I do. I got a couple of other notes about the last episode, okay. um, the frozen yogurt episode. One is that this is something I noticed on my own. Actually, I was like, wait a second, Jerry is so excited to be eating the frozen yogurt that he has at the very beginning of the last episode, which is coffee flavored, made with real beans, and yet. In season three, episode four, the dog. So yet another weird season three, season five crossover. Okay, we learn that Jerry does not drink caffeine. Huh? You're right. And Elaine says, and and George, somebody says he drinks Morning Thunder, and someone says Morning Thunder has caffeine, and I believe it's Elaine that says Jerry doesn't know Morning Thunder has caffeine. Jesus. Yeah. How about that? Oh my god. A little bit of continuity. <laughs> But then as I did more research on this, someone uh, found that not only that, but in the pilot episode, Jerry clearly drinks from the pot in Claire, the waitress who was only in the pilot episode in the mm-hmm. weird, like, 1950s McDonald's looking. Oh, yeah. When they tried diner. to make Claire a character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He clearly drinks from the pot in Claire's right hand. She says decaf left, regular right. And he clearly grabs, uh, asks for the, the non-decaf, <laughs> the caffeinated coffee. So... <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what's going on with what they think about Jerry and caffeine, but it's it's incorrect. He's back on the back on the wagon. Oh God, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then I found this interesting about the episode too. So the episode was to air two days after the 1993 New York City mayoral election, as we know between Dinkins and Giuliani, it, it plays pretty heavily into the episode. And the production crews they produced two different versions of the episode: one in which Dinkins won. And another in which Giuliani won, Whoa. so that they could, so that it would be correct when the episode aired. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder if there's any other dialogue that changed. Because I mean, uh, obviously, if Dinkins wins, Lloyd Braun doesn't get fired, right? Oh, I guess so. Or yeah, I mean, or did good, Braun and, get fired before the election? Right. Yeah. Maybe the, it, it looked so dumb that. Well, maybe they changed it so Giuliani. Maybe he was a. Maybe they flipped it so much that. 
he would, you know, he would work for Giuliani and tank it for Giuliani in that case. Mm, maybe. Oh my god. So it says the plot is the same in both versions. The Giuliani version is simply replace any reference to Dinkins with a reference to Giuliani and vice versa. So that's exactly what they did. <laughs> so in in I guess they filmed it twice in, in or, or the, just those. So in the opposite version, Lloyd Braun is working for Giuliani's campaign. Bingo. Wow. I would say that that's what I read into it. Yeah. That's incredible. I want to see this. I wonder if this is like, has, has this been released on any DVD set? Well, I have good news. Oh, uh, good Lord. Let me see. Both versions <laughs> of the episode are included on the season five DVD. Yo, we, we gotta, we gotta watch this. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. This, yeah. This, I want to check. This, I can't believe Hulu doesn't have this. this that would be really cool for this, them to have. This is going to be uh, an extra on our, our soon to, soon to exist Patreon potentially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, so that's our, our super secret movie review. Yeah. The Seinfeld crew recounted that Giuliani, who was a fan of the show and his campaign staff, they were on board the second that Seinfeld asked for them to be on the show when they could, when they talked to him about the episode. And they made plans to have him appear in the episode. The Dinkins camp were more reluctant to get involved, so they cast an actor as a spokesman in lieu of Dinkins himself in the Dinkins version of the episode. So David wow. Dinkins does not appear in his version of the episode. Uh, but because of the short interval between the election and the airing of the episode, Giuliani's scenes had to be filmed on the morning after his victory. Whoa. Yeah. So wait, okay. His scenes had to be filmed the morning after his victory, but the episode aired two days after two the days election. Later. So they filmed his scenes the day before the episode aired. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Holy and, shit. And this is not in the... Well, it probably is in the era where they could... You know, shoot it by satellite from wherever they were, because that's how I remember uh, South <laughs> but, Park with their shortened production schedule used to just fire it on satellite and then it, it would get where it's I, going. So this is like pre heavy Internet usage, although even maybe that was around by this time. Yeah, but like 93, you've got you've got to uh, set up the shot. You've got to shoot. You've got to edit. You've got to put that into the actual episode and you've got to get it to NBC in 36 hours. Yeah. Less time, maybe twenty four <laughs> hours, because they probably have to have it the morning before it's going to air that night, right? Yeah, because yeah, I but think, when you think I of think the Giuliani scenes, there does. wasn't there wasn't much to plug in with those Giuliani scenes. It was like a TV frame. That's true. And then him just doing the you know a very small set, and you know plug it was like kind of just plug it in wherever we need it, and then send it across. So it probably didn't take that long. Oh my lord. <laughs> Uh, and in case you're wondering about that season five DVD, all the instances of profanities being uttered were censored. There is no uncensored version of this episode available. So unlike, say, South Park, since that's Whoa, come up so much, okay. when you get the DVD, it's still all bleeped. So, which it would be hilarious if it wasn't, though. <laughs> I, I mean, that would definitely get rid of a lot of the humor in in the entire episode. I think it really, yeah, really. It's like Arrested Development. That's another show that used bleeps in like a really creative and funny way. <laughs> And I feel like this is the same kind of usage, you know. It would ruin yeah. it if it was uncensored. <laughs> just, just have J Jerry uncensored yelling at an eleven-year-old kid. What the fuck are you doing, you little piece of shit? <laughs> Actually, I take it back. Now I want to see it. <laughs> I take it back. It's still funny. <laughs> take, take back everything I said. I, I yeah. want to see Jerry curse out a child. <laughs> but it reminds me of you're, you're a fellow whitest kids, you know, fan, right? Yes. <laughs> So, did you ever see the skit where they tried to get people to buy their DVDs? <laughs> oh my God, the courtroom scene. Uh, well, maybe. Now I don't remember. It's it, just it, they, they have a bunch of topless women in the shot. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a courtroom scene, and oh, okay. it, it's uh it's like Timmy 
uh, standing like in the jury, and two of the jurors just like uh, take their tops off because because the, the judge is like jurors tops off, and it's just like black <laughs> bars, and yeah. uh, and Timmy's like buy the whitest kids you know season one DVD. This is completely uncensored. <laughs> yeah, I remember another one where Trevor like is, is addressing the audience just like that, like breaking the fourth wall and talking into the camera. And I only saw like when that when that show was on Fuse, they didn't censor it. And so yeah. I'm watching the show and and the the joke is completely lost because you know it, there, it, all the nudity and, and stuff was <laughs> well, intact, so it was kind of weird. Well, no, I think um they it was censored on Fuse. It wasn't censored on IFC. Oh, that's what I was thinking. IFC. Yeah. Yes. Thank Fuse, you. Yeah, I Fuse, forgot it was on IFC. It was only on Fuse for season one. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Tim, I'd I'd like to I'd like to announce I have the season one DVD of Whitest Kids You Know. Well, you gotta see those sweet boobs. It is completely uncensored. <laughs> so fa- we're talking about the same re- skit then. Yes, I think so. Ah. As far as I can remember, it's uncensored. I I gotta go back and watch it now. Like, yeah. it, it's it's sitting at my house. I will be at home over Thanksgiving. I gotta grab that thing. I, I'm sure it is because I, you know, the version I saw on IFC was uncensored, and so I was like, "What is?" I, I was like, "What's the joke here?" <laughs> <laughs> but buy the season one DVD of Whitest Kids. You know, this is completely yeah. uncensored. I, I mean, I'm. I'm seeing it uncensored right now, Timmy. Yeah, yeah, it was really, it was weird. Um, the other thing, so the, the final thing I want to mention uh, is that, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about Ray J. Johnson, and maybe we can finally put this to bed. <laughs> oh, but good Lord. Okay. I, um, I, as I was, you know, listening to uh, last week's episode and, you know, reading the stuff that people had sent us about Ray J. Johnson and the fact that he was mentioned on The Simpsons, I remember where he was mentioned in the song about Branson, Missouri, which is one of my favorite Simpsons songs. And now I remember it completely. He's like, he comes out and goes, you can call me Ray or you can call me Jay. Just don't call me washed up. I do three shows a day. <laughs> do you remember that song? Where I, all the, I do. All the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All the old celebrities are singing about Branson. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Oh, my God. Uh, all right. Anything else? Any other homework, uh, newsworthy bits or top of show stuff? Surprisingly, no. Okay. Uh, If you've never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show. Don't know if that was uh, evident by the first 15 minutes of this episode. (laughs) Uh, But we like to do our research and homework the week after as though we are assigning it to ourselves. Uh, Again, if you've never listened to to us before, listen to the full thing. Give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts if you do like us. And we will send you a no-hugging, no-learning sticker once we get those made. Those do not exist yet. Um, But uh, seriously, the the reviews, uh, the ratings, those go a long way. Uh, They they really do help. And if you'd like to reach out to us in addition to that, uh, send us a tweet, send us an email at nohugging or nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com. Both of those links are in the description and you might be considered for Newman's Mail Sack. I, I say that like we get 10 emails a week like oh you might be considered (laughs) for newman's mail sack no like if you send us something hell even if you tweet us we'll we'll most likely mention you (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah uh that being said season five episode eight the barber original air date november 11th 1993 make a wish 11 11 uh i was 10 months 22 days old and if you're looking in tv guide that night you're gonna see jerry frets over leaving his incompetent barber and George gets a job. Hmm, interesting. Uh, we start with the stand-up bit as usual, and this is about, this does not play well today. Jerry says immediately, the old-fashioned barbershop is becoming a thing of the past. 
well, welcome to 2019, Jerry, where straight razor <laughs> shaves and old style barbershops are like a, a sweet hipster trend that's yeah, been going man. on for like the past, I don't know, 10 years or so. Like, I wish there was an old style barbershop, like a trendy, like yeah. guy's barbershop in Erie. I, I think there is one, but I'm like too intimidated to go to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know there's a couple of like... Old school, probably like Enzo's barbershops in the area, oh, but I don't know sure. whether there are any like hipster barbershops, you know? I don't know. The one I went to in when I lived in Jackson, Mississippi was, it was like my treat yourself day anytime I needed a haircut because I would, it, like, it was just such a great cut, first of all, but also uh-huh. they'd give you scotch with your haircut. What? So I got to have yeah, I got to have a little glass of scotch and sit there and get my haircut but at noon. Did they did they have nudie magazines? No, no nudie magazines. I think, that I remember. I think the barber that I went to whenever I was like a little kid with my grandpa, I think he had them. He had them hidden. But I yeah. think but I think he had them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Can I ask like how much do you pay for a haircut with tip? Me? Uh, yeah. Oh, I go to like Supercuts now. So okay. it's like, and and they get angry when I bring my own bottle of scotch. I'm like, come on. <laughs> okay, well, like, how much is um, too so I don't know, much? Like Twenty two bucks or something. How much is too much to pay for a haircut? Oh, uh, well, that that one I was talking about in Jackson, the hipster one. I think mm-hmm. it was like thirty bucks. But like, oh I got God. the shampoo and conditioner. I got the hot towel afterwards. Okay, I got the. It was like they did like a scalp massage type thing. And, oh God, uh, and the scotch, like I mentioned. So yeah, so, so that was like thirty something bucks. But, okay. And, uh, and maybe like thirty five. And how like often that. did you do that? Monthly? Uh, a month to six weeks. Okay. I don't, know. I don't have much hair, so I never had to. <laughs> I never had to go too often. See, I, I can't tell if it's legitimately just me being stingy, but I my haircut uh, was uh, God, what was it? It was twenty one dollars, and then I would give four dollar tip, make it twenty five. Uh, yeah. But I thought like, okay, that's it's a little pricey but it's not that bad well the price then raised to 25 and i still do a four dollar tip so it's 29 bucks now granted i do get uh she does like wash my hair shampoo conditioner uh she'll she'll style it before i leave but and i only ever go once every two and a half months like eight to ten weeks Mm. so i don't know if i'm being cheap or or what you know i wouldn't say you're being cheap uh, but i think you're i think you're right on track Okay. I think it, I think it sounds like, it, like don't don't start going more often or okay. start tipping more. Yeah. And I think you're at a good price point right now for okay. that. Like I mean, I I do I do love what she does with my hair. Uh, it, the the best uh, the the best haircut I've ever had. I will pay for that. I mean, that's one of the reasons I oh, went to this sure. one in Jackson. I mean, it wasn't just the scotch. Like when I find somebody, because the question I hate the most is like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. You're the one. If I could, if I could go back to the stand-up, <laughs> bit, you're the one with the license. You're yeah. the one that's licensed by the I, state. So why don't you tell me what looks good? So I don't walk out of here looking like an idiot. Yeah, like uh, the um, the stylist I've been going to now for a couple of years. Uh, she she's she's very good, and she uh, just started parting my hair the other way. Because, like, the way I was parting it, I had all of these cowlicks everywhere. And then just right before the wedding, we decided to go the other way, and it laid so much better. Like, I I have no issues in, like, styling my hair anymore. And I I like building up that repertoire with a stylist or a barber to just walk in and say, oh, yeah, like what we did last time, but can we go a little shorter on the sides? Yeah, yeah, it, that's it's, awesome. It's very underrated, and I have no problem paying for that specifically. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's what that's what I'm interested in as well. Like once I find somebody who's like, well, what if I do this and this and this? I'm like, if you think that'll look good, let's yeah. do it. Like that also touches on something Jerry says later in this bit about you know making sure you see the back of the head. Like I I, I disagree with Jerry on the point that like, well, I, I do want to see what it looks like, but uh-huh. B, if you're a good barber, you shouldn't need to see what it looks like. You know, <laughs> like if if you've done a good job and you know what looks good in regular human society we live in a society and (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, then you know i I shouldn't need to see it Mm -hmm. you know yeah he said you know he mentions that like the the chairs are twenty thousand dollars and that's why they're going out of business or something like that he does reference the license i I disagree with jerry for the fact that like he says i don't want to see the back of my head because you know i don't see it any other time but like he says it when he's rocking like the biggest mullet we've seen so far oh my god in this entire series (laughs) like he's pointing out like he, he rarely talks about hair but the one time he does it's like the worst seinfeld mullet we've seen so far it's the strongest one It was unbelievable. Watches Billy Ray Cyrus on MTV once, Jerry. (laughs) Yeah. And he's talking about like not wanting to see the back of his head. I'm like, maybe you should have. Maybe you should have. You probably (laughs) should. You probably should see the back of your head, Jerry. (laughs) I do think it's funny that you do need a a cosmetology license or whatever to cut hair. I'm like, what is that for? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) You know, I guess it's, you know, just so the city can get their beak wet. If you want to do a job, you know, you got to get a license for it, Mm -hmm. pay for it. So that's probably all it comes down to is just a little bit of extra taxes. But it's just like the weirdest, you know, it's like, can you handle scissors? Can you handle the clippers? (laughs) Combs? They they just have to know that you're not going to stab anybody in the neck with your scissors. Yeah, yeah. If they (laughs) they just look at your criminal record, if there's any neck stabbing, you're unlicensed. They got to do a background check. You, you gotta you gotta wait three days to get your scissors, you know. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Is there a test like a driving test for your driving license? I don't know. You, you have to like show them a portfolio. Uh, plot t- plot twist: you can get a gun quicker than you can become a barber. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's the case. Actually, I'm 100 percent certain that's true. <laughs> Uh, so we open in uh, an office building and we find out this is the Santa Lack office and George is, is getting an interview and it's going great. The guy loves him. Uh, the guy who's interviewing him and he's like, you know what I like about you? You understand things. You don't have to over explain. And, <laughs> and I like that George says, I enjoy understanding or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the well, guy is like, well, you know what? I, I want you to have this job. Of course. <laughs> And, and then, then he gets cut off. Yeah, uh, I forget. Either the phone rings or his receptionist knocks on the door. I think it's his phone. Yeah, it is a phone call. That, yeah, yeah, it is a phone call that interrupts him. And he's like, well, you know, I got to take this. I'm glad you came in. And that's it. <laughs> and so we cut kind of immediately to Monks, where he's there with Jerry. And they're talking. he's talking about this ambiguous end of the interview with Jerry and Elaine. And... George can't call and ask if he has the job because this guy made such a big deal about the fact that he understands everything without it being over-explained to him. Uh-huh. So he, if he, he doesn't call, if he calls, that means he doesn't understand. If he mm-hmm. doesn't call, he could have the job, but he'll have no idea. Exactly. And Jerry and Elaine are both like riffing on the, well, I'd like you to have this <laughs> job, but of course, and I think Jerry says something like, uh, but of course, our board of directors is under indictment, so we can't hire you. <laughs> and then what does Elaine say? Or no, Elaine says that, but Jerry drops the bomb. It's like, but, oh. but of course, sodomy is a requirement. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Jesus. <Yeah. laughs> um, and so it, it, Santa Lack, we find out, is a rest stop supply company. <laughs> Which, uh, not, not, not a bad, not a bad no. gig. If it's going to be like a corporate like uh sales job i guess because that seems like what it would be doing right yeah and it's not and and first of all the rest stops 
along the Jersey Turnpike in New York, all around New York City. Like, yeah. that's got to be huge business. It's not oh like George God, is actually yeah. going to be dropping urinal cakes into rest stops in the area. Yeah, no, he's going to be like doing sales for people who like I I, I do do want to order stops. a shit ton of urinal cakes. I guess, yeah. Do people, <laughs> do roadside. Uh, rest stops like on the interstate have owners and operators or are they just operated by like whatever state's department of transportation that is i want to say most of the time it's the state okay so i wonder i wonder in what situation they would be privately owned i guess yeah i don't know i don't know i know that in virginia they've had a big issue like they closed a bunch then they opened a bunch and i know that like they started getting sponsored like this this rest stop sponsored by Geico or something like that. I've seen really? that sign as we travel through Virginia. Wow, okay. So I don't I don't think Geico takes any ownership but or or would supply it or anything like that. But I know they've they've been selling, you know, space like ad space on them like that. Interesting. I, I mean I've yeah. I've seen sponsors at like rest stops never like this rest stop brought to you by or yeah. like the the ability to pee brought to you by <laughs> McDonald's. I'm loving yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm loving this pee. <laughs> uh, Kramer comes in and he just got a haircut uh, and it looks great because he went to Gino. Kramer and Jerry go to the same barber, but Jerry always goes to, as Kramer refers to him, that butcher Enzo, mm-hmm. who is the uncle of Gino. Isn't that right? Uh, yes. Yeah. And, and Jerry's like, well, I can't, you know, I, I've just been going to Enzo for 12 years. He's cut, he's cut my hair forever. And so, you know, I can't stop going. To en- what am I going to do? Like, go in there and ask for Gino while Enzo's there? That That's impossible. Yeah. Uh, but Kramer says today's Enzo's day off. So uh, Jerry could go get a haircut without Enzo even finding out. And Elaine says, you should go for my bachelor auction. Uh, I guess Jerry's involved in one of these, you know, uh, auctions for whatever cause. It's never even uh, mentioned what cause Elaine is no, doing the bachelor auction not. for. <laughs> it's just she's raising funds for something. Yeah, to sponsor a rest area, let's yeah. say. <laughs> and hold up, does it sound like Kramer? Uh, I, I don't know. I I guess it wouldn't be the character of Kramer, but does it sound like Michael Richards here is, is very sick? He he sounds oh, very uh, raspy. I didn't pick up on that. But I mean, he is mid smoking a cigar, so uh. I, I don't know <laughs> if it would be attributed to that. But he comes in and he's like. Uh, he, he's calling like Enzo a butcher or something. Yeah, he's just he talking like butcher Enzo. Yeah, he's talking like very deep and raspy. <laughs> it just Kramer it, is the Batman confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of there, Robert Pattinson. Um, <laughs> but it, it's not very bad. But it was definitely enough to catch my attention. Yeah, Jerry hustles off to Enzo's, whose name is on the barbershop, uh-huh. uh, and but Enzo is there. And so he's like, oh, it's my day off. And by the way, how about Enzo and Gino, for that matter? We haven't heard him yet, but they're stereotypical Italian accent. Oh, my God. Yeah. The word <laughs> A is before and and after every single word. <laughs> it, it's it, a Jerry. It, it, it's a my day off. It's a my day off. <laughs> Jesus. It's, it's bad. Very, it's, it's very, very bad. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one step away from family guys. Beepity bobbity boo. Oh, good Lord. I'd forgotten <laughs> about that. Oh, no. That's one of the best cutaways of all time. It really is. <laughs> it's like, well, when you have a mustache, you can talk to anybody. <laughs> oh, Lord. But he'll, he'll take Jerry anyway on a, his Adea offer uh, because he's a soul, a loyal. Uh, oh, no. Uh, you know, he's my, <laughs> my most loyal hey. customer. <laughs> he, he, and he, he gets Jerry in the chair. Like, Jerry's like squirming. And oh, yeah, yeah. He's trying to get away, but Enzo's like, You tell the joke. I cut it a hair. <laughs> yeah. And so he forces Jerry into the chair. Meanwhile, Gino has this really handsome dude whose hair he's been cutting, and the customer is just raving about it. Like, oh, my God. Such a, yeah. oh, almost like 
television testimonial, like television commercial <laughs> testimonial. Gino, I think this is the best haircut I've ever had. Like that kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry sort of looks at him like it, disappointedly, you know, like because uh, he, because it's uh, it's the outside looking in. Like he could have had that. <laughs> he could have been the next guy that Gino would have uh, cut his hair. Yeah, yeah. And so we cut to Jerry's apartment and. He's looking in a mirror, and his hair is completely flat. It's parted to one side. It, it looks <laughs> awful. George is cracking up. Yeah, which, do you want to know something really weird? I saw a photo of this scene on Instagram this week, like four days ago, and was what? wondering, I'm like, whoa, when did this happen? And then I, I clicked on it, and it was like, oh, yeah, uh, season five, episode eight, The Barber. I'm like, whoa, okay. So crazy. It's so weird, so timely. But this is also like a very trendy hairstyle for 2019. Oh, see, Jerry does it again, man. Normcore. <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, and I think that's why it stuck out to me on Instagram was like, because I was thinking it was another modern day Seinfeld thing. Yeah, yeah. Right, where they where they photoshopped their hair on it. Yeah, exactly. You know. Well, and, and that's going around right now on the Seinfeld subreddit is like Seinfeld characters on social media. So it's like what Elaine's like on YouTube, what Elaine's like on LinkedIn, oh, what Elaine's Lord. like on okay. TikTok. Yeah, it's like four different frames and four different uh, screenshots representing the four different or or not the four different, but just four different uh, social networks. Uh-huh. So I'm sure someone could find a use for this Jerry. Where would you put this Jerry screenshot on a social network? Instagram? Uh, yeah, this would definitely be Instagram. I think. Instagram, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, so yeah, but he's he's got to get like a, a Supreme crew neck. Uh, he's got he's got to get like uh, some some thin rimmed uh, like round glasses that are not prescription. He does not need them to see, and also a five panel hat for sure. He would, and he would fit in, but that would cover up the haircut. Mm, that's true. We can't that's do true. that. But he would fit in in Chicago like easily. <laughs> Maybe he's just holding the five panel hat like in front of him or something in the maybe in the shot. maybe. Uh, and Kramer uh, comes in. By the way, to no applause whatsoever. Interestingly enough, yeah, uh, right though. But like he he comes in and he's like, hey, oh, he take, yeah. takes that double take at Jerry's hair. Yeah, yeah. And there was, and it's, I guess they just kept rolling with the dialogue. So there was really no spot for people to jump in and clap and i think this maybe this is the beginning of what we've been hearing that like they wanted to put a stop to this because it was just killing the rhythm of every scene when people you know gave a, a standing ovation to kramer every time he came in the door oh yeah so, yeah yeah you know maybe they're still trying to get around that and this may be kind of the first time they've succeeded in that and and actually we saw a while back the, him come in over jerry's shoulder while while he and elaine were looking <laughs> out the window that one time you know they're just trying all sorts of things george and kramer are talking about jerry's relationship with enzo like it's an abusive relationship it's yeah it's kind of some funny like double entendre i don't know if it's you know if entendre's the right word but just kind of like double speak about look what he's doing to you you, you got to get out of this and stuff like that so moving on to george's plan for the job here's what he's come up with he's just gonna show up because the guy that interviewed him is on vacation mm-hmm. and if he has a job that's great if he doesn't have the job it, it's too late he's already ensconced he's already done a week's worth of work <laughs> ensconced as george says jerry's and he's like what's the worst that can happen and jerry's like well you're humiliated embarrassed in front of a large group of people and george is like so what and jerry goes oh yeah i forgot who i was talking to so george not worried about the potential shame and embarrassment yeah perfect 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back over at Sanilac, uh, here we go. George walks in saying good morning to everybody. Just like really kind of hiding in plain sight. Like yeah. being as loud and boisterous as he can. <laughs> He's like, good morning. Hi. Hello. How are you? Good morning. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the receptionist, you know, he's like, oh, I'm George. I'm starting work today. And she calls a guy named Mike over. And he's like, oh, I, I didn't even realize uh, we were done with the interviews. Well, welcome aboard. Uh, and, you know, George, he offers George a couple offices. And he's like, there's the big one down there. And there's the small one over there. And kind of out of character. But I think I know why he did it. George picks the small office. Yeah. I- I'm guessing he just didn't want to draw too much attention to himself. Yeah, I think that would have been too much hiding in plain sight if he was like, oh, I'll definitely take the big office. Because uh, the receptionist picks up a phone, and I'm guessing maybe it was like going to call an HR person or something, and that would tip off like, oh, we haven't hired anybody for that position. You know, <laughs> like, let's involve as few people in this as we can. Exactly. Well, and so keeping the circle small, he'll be able to, you know, ensconce himself. Yeah. And also, Mike picks up the phone to call somebody else. And George, like, sets the phone back down for him, uh, like, just to determine, like, which office he should have. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was Mike that did that. I thought it was the receptionist. Oh, I thought she did yeah. it, too. Oh, or, maybe they both did, yeah. Maybe. I don't. I can't remember now. It, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, well, at, at any rate, you know, George, you know, just picks a small office toy, tipping off anybody who might actually know that he either does or does not have the job. And so Mike's like, well, uh, let me get you started right away. Here's the Penske file. He gives him the Penske file, which is this big, uh, you know, manila file just stacked full of papers. Yeah. And so George goes into his office with the Penske file. He closes the door. We get a uh, shot of the clock, which is nine o'clock on the dot. Uh And then it dissolves to five o'clock. George throws the file in his briefcase and walks out the door, (laughs) seemingly having done nothing for you know, eight hours. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't tell if he was seemingly had done nothing or <laughs> if he had just like packed everything up, put in a hard day's work, and now it's time to leave. <laughs> I think it becomes clear later that he really just didn't do anything. Oh, oh, it does. It really <laughs> does. But for this first shot, I thought like, okay, wow, yeah, look at George, like actually putting in a putting in a long day of work. Right, right. Back at Monk's. George and Jerry are talking. Uh, Jerry is covering up his horrible haircut with a Queens College <laughs> hat, which I think it's been referenced before. This is where he went to school. Oh, has it been? Uh, okay. Yeah, I think so. I think it. I think it referenced. I think it's or, or he's been wearing some Queens College merch uh, earlier in the episode or, or season or series. Uh, I can't remember, but I don't <laughs> think this is the first time it came up. <laughs> episode. Uh, season, episode. Uh, series. Second scene. Uh, his life. <laughs> um. George is explaining the job, and he's like talking about how the coworkers are like a family. In fact, it was Grace's birthday uh, just <laughs> recently, and instead of Mike making a toast, George like interrupts him and makes a toast. And all the other coworkers, George is explaining this like it went great, but all the other coworkers are shaking their head at at what a yeah. You just a, see them. You just see them like move their lips. It's like, do you know who this guy is? <laughs> no, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Elaine uh, comes in and inquires about Jerry's hat and Jerry takes his hat off and Elaine cracks up, which makes George crack up as well. I mean, they can't even get any words out. They're laughing so hard. And Jerry is like, all right, well, you know what? Obviously I can't be a part of the auction. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, he can't do this. She's, she's having such a fun time with his, you know, dismay that he just drops out of the, um, bachelor auction. And George is like, oh, you know, I'd love to do it, but I'm busy. And Elaine's like, oh yeah too bad like <laughs> half sarcastic but half like for, for once in her life not wanting to take an easy shot at george yeah really <laughs> <laughs> uh 
<laughs> Back over at Enzo's, Kramer's getting a shave. Have you ever had a shave with a straight razor? No, by the way, it kind of it kind of terrifies me actually. Oh yeah, same here. But it, it's also really expensive too. They're always like forty bucks. Like what? Oh my god! Yeah, anywhere I've ever seen them offered, like these hipster barber shops, they charge an arm and a leg for them. But it, it's always seemed kind of attractive to me. I've always wanted to try to try it. But yeah, I've never wanted to spend fifty bucks on it. <laughs> so Gino agrees to fix Jerry's hair, but the, they can't let Enzo find out. And so um, Enzo comes in from the back of the barbershop and to cover up the fact that they were just talking about something secret, uh, starting a conspiracy, uh, Gino starts talking about Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> He's like, oh, I love Edward Scissorhands. It's my favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, it's the best movie I've ever seen. And Gino gets upset about the film's unrealistic premise. <laughs> yeah, which y- you can tell you can tell he's heard this so many times from Gino. Yeah. He's like, again with Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> yeah. How can you have a scissors for a hands? Uh? Oh God. <laughs> I'm gonna be doing that the whole time, Ted. Because I feel like this is one of the accents that like you can't get in that much trouble for. <laughs> I-, I mean, at least we're both like a, a good part Italian. <laughs> as as opposed to like them doing uh like babu bot and and us like mimicking babu bot's accent you know exactly exactly which also made you uncomfortable when i did it <laughs> uh but also i'm like zero percent italian i'm like oh really oh yeah i'm like 99 percent ireland slash uh, british isles and then, and then also Sweden. So yeah, it doesn't get really? any. Okay, doesn't get any whiter than <laughs> I, I have you, zero olive skin I, in my have you, uh, background. Have you done the the ancestry or the twenty three and me? I did. Yeah, I did ancestry. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. See, yeah. I and, it, and it's it literally is like forty eight percent Ireland, forty eight percent Scotland and Wales, four percent um, Sweden or oh something like God. that. The Vikings, you know, the Vikings always got in there <laughs> you, somehow. You're so white that you're translucent. I am like a Coldplay concert at a Target at a snowboarding uh, arena. What do they call it? I don't know. If if Coldplay were to if here, here hold on, if Coldplay were to have a special performance uh, at the Winter X Games sponsored by Target, that is yeah. you. Yeah, and it's at a Target. That, too. That, it's that not is, just sponsored. By that, that is your nationality. Yeah, that is me. And so over at Monk's, um, Kramer tells Jerry that he can meet at Gino's apartment tonight at 8 p.m. Okay. to get his hair fixed. Uh, and so at Gino's apartment, uh, I also love the way this is played. So like they're talking about Enzo and Jerry's relationship, like an abusive, re- abusive relationship that Jerry has to leave. This is exactly like someone, two people meeting to have an affair. You know, it's like <laughs> Gino starts out by saying you have a, a beautiful. All right, I'll stop. You've got a, a beautiful You've got a beautiful head of hair. And he's like, oh, I bet Enzo says that to you all the time. And Jerry's like, actually, Enzo hasn't said that to me in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so Gino is, you know, treating Jerry the way that Enzo just stopped a long time ago because, you know, just because of their relationship. And so uh, Enzo buzzes up, though, into Gino's apartment and they're worried that they've been caught. So Jerry hides to in the closet and Enzo came over to apologize. This is why, this is what he had to do in person to Gino that night. He came to apologize because he rented Edward Scissorhands and that Johnny Depp, he making me cry. God. Okay. I, you, you have to say that line like that because that's the line where I'll, I'll tell you right now. Like I put a star by this episode where I'm like, this is a great episode. This is going <laughs> to, this is an early contender for, you know, my top, 
six or whatever we're going to end up doing. Really? It's going to be an easy. Wow, it's going to okay. be an easy cut if I need to. Uh-huh. But I this is where I would like really started enjoying the episode because they also play it like an opera, you know, like an Italian opera that the, the oh music plays every yeah. time. I, I there's do, an interaction. I do love like the operatic music. Like anytime yeah. there's an interaction with like Gino and Enzo or Gino and Kramer or Gino and Jerry or Enzo and Jerry, it's incredible. Yeah, it was awesome. And the other thing I like about this episode is that it's not in the greatest hits. Like, I didn't even remember it when you read the synopsis last week, and now I'm loving it. So this is what's great about me watching all these again for the first time, again for the first time, like we say, in chronological (laughs) order, um, because I I didn't even remember it. And so I I like it being in my top five because it's not not the puppy shirt. It's not the lip reader, some of the other episodes that I've starred so far. Um, it's it's something totally unexpected, and and this is the line that made me just crack up. Also, that Johnny Depp, he making me cry. Also, I just realized with you saying that, totally left that out of my entire preamble, and I thought I crushed it this week. Damn it! Oh, I thought you did too. I I did not. You you know for sure you didn't say that. I know for sure I did not oh. say it this week. Oh well, that's part of it. <laughs> um, but Enzo looks down at the ground and he sees some hair, and he picks it up and he notices it's it's very familiar Mm -hmm. yeah he can't really he can't really put his finger on why it's familiar yet but he knows it's familiar he he has a hunch but he's not entirely sure yeah why did i write down here gino pizza plan (laughs) i have no idea pizza plan (laughs) pizza plan pizza Uh, plan (laughs) i have no idea it were, might were not they, be pl- oh pizza man oh pizza man oh yeah because Gino is trying to deflect say like oh the pizza man was here he he must have lost uh, some hair you, you know he's going bald he's losing his hair all over the place that's exactly what it is yeah yeah <laughs> pizza that's plan. the cover I was <laughs> pizza plan what what is the pizza plan <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he blames it on the pizza man and uh, but but uh, Enzo says it looks very familiar so over at Jerry's apartment Jerry is smitten. With, you know, I mean, just like somebody who is having an affair and the excitement that comes with sneaking around and, and stuff like that, he's smitten with Gino. Uh-huh. And Kramer, um, you know, puts, why can't I read my handwriting this week? <laughs> Do you write it really quick? I guess so. Puts a case about Enzo. Oh, puts him at ease. Kramer puts him at ease oh, about Enzo yeah. being able to figure anything out about <laughs> about the affair, quote unquote. You know, he puts a case about Enzo. He puts a case of pizza. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what he puts. He puts Jerry at ease. Okay. Uh, Elaine, meanwhile, is uh, upset about the auction, and because Jerry's still hair, you know, they didn't have time to fix the hair, mm-hmm. uh, and so Jerry tells her take the K man. And e- uh, Elaine, I love this. Elaine tries to give Jerry bangs to see if that fixes the hair at all. <laughs> it looks so much worse. Oh yeah, it looks it looks awful. But it, rem- it reminds me of when Steve Carell tried to make his hair look like Jim's in in the office. You remember that? I don't know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's uh, he. You know, he essentially just pulls down his normally parted hair down onto his forehead, and it looks so stupid. Um, and so when she sees just there's no saving Jerry's look, she asks Kramer, "What would you wear?" And he said whatever it takes uh-huh. so the k-man is in and i always like when they refer to him as the k-man take the k-man <laughs> uh also like in this scene i made a note i'm like why doesn't gino just go over to jerry's place because we saw in gino's house or in gino's apartment uh totally going against the premise of jerry's opening stand-up bit gino does not have a twenty thousand dollar barber chair jerry was sitting on one of his dining room chairs 
Yeah, yeah, it, very it, simple setup. It literally does not matter where this happens. Yeah. And it makes more sense. I mean, maybe just for the sake of Gino, for the sake of convenience for Gino, maybe like, oh, we can do it at your place. You don't have to come over. But he didn't have any of his normal barber accoutrements. I don't know. Back at Enzo's, Newman is getting a haircut from Enzo, and Gino <laughs> is dropping hints. Uh, and or so, no, en- oh, Enzo's wait. dropping hints. He, yeah. He's uh, he says like, oh, you're so you're or, you're such a loyal customer. And Newman's like, it's just the way I was raised. And Enzo says something like, you know, I, I like the joke, but I don't like the funny business. Yeah, he's like, I don't mind when people are funny, but I don't like funny business That's or something right. like that. Yeah. Um, and so Gino leaves, mm-hmm. and Enzo offers Newman six months of free haircuts for a lock of Jerry's hair to compare to the hair that he found at Gino's apartment. Uh-huh. And Newman talked him up to a year of free haircuts and a free comb Which, as like, well. It, it, a comb? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a comb. Like like 25 cents. If that. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you can get a pack of them for a dollar. Yeah, yeah. And, and imagine what barbers buy them and, you know, the bulk that barbers <laughs> buy them. In. Yeah, really. <laughs> Over at Sanilac now, George is using pencils to drum on his desk and the briefcase and the Penske file. <laughs> and uh, the receptionist buzzes back and says, Mr. Costanza, Mr. Penske is here to see you. And um, George goes, oh, no, or something something like that. He has like, a very funny reaction. <laughs> and George has put the file in an accordion-style folder, and that is enough to impress Penske when he comes in. <laughs> That's it. That's all he's done. Yeah, he's like, what have you done? Let me see. You let me see my folder. He's like, well, as you can see, I put it in this accordion style folder, and the guy is like, mm-hmm. you know what? I think you are Penske material. This is, this is good work. <laughs> yeah, this is good work. Uh, would you ever consider working for me? And he says, you are aware. And then the receptionist buzzes in, and George tries to cut her <laughs> off, but she's like, well, they're towing Mr. Penske's car, and Penske gets up right away and walks out. And so another ambiguous job, potential job offer for George from Penske. Uh, back in the apartment, Gino is there, and Enzo, he's hes worried about the fact that Enzo knows that there's something going on. Mm-hmm. Newman knocks on the door. Gino goes, uh, Jerry tells Gino to go out the fire escape, and Newman asks to use the bathroom because his uh, toilet is clogged, he tells Jerry. And he, so he goes into the bathroom and starts looking around. There's no hair on the comb. There's no hair on the brush. There's no hair down the shower drain and so he grabs a pair of scissors that he finds uh-huh. and jerry meanwhile is watching edward scissorhands <laughs> i love that this must have been like one of the biggest buzziest movies of 93 i mean i i, I, I remember when it came out i mean i was like 12 or something so it wasn't really of interest to me and i've still never seen it have you ever seen it i have it's actually really good i i do really yeah. like it i don't want to say that johnny depp making me a cry <laughs> Yeah, I, I have yet to see it, and I'm not that big of a Tim Burton fan. So, oh, really? Um, I mean, okay. He, he's certainly done some stuff, but especially like '90s Tim Burton, I'm not really uh, into. Gotcha. Um, okay. You know, I, I like Batman, and you know, later stuff like Big Fish. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this this you know the the um, Technicolor sort of color palette and the again the unrealistic premise. I mean, I know it's a, just a fantasy movie, but it yeah. just never. Yeah, it didn't appeal to me, um, but it must have been absolutely... I can see it being really buzzy in 93 and just being something that Jerry and the group wanted to... Uh, maybe not just lampoon, but just like kind of have something revolve around, you know? Have co- some of the plot revolve around this weird movie that everyone was talking about. Mm-hmm. Newman attempts, you know, several times. He's like following Jerry around, <laughs> waiting for the right time to get a piece of his hair. They sit down on the couch, and he finally gets a snip, 
and picks it up and then leaves almost immediately. Oh, yeah. he, it was weird that Jerry was so um, amenable to Kramer, or, I mean, to Newman hanging out at his house. He's like, oh, can I hang out and watch it? I love this movie. And he's like, yeah, all right. Yeah, and you know, also, so Jerry will like. And also, just like how non reactive Jerry was to Newman following him so closely. Like, Newman, yeah, very is, closely. Newman is on his back with scissors, and Jerry's just like, <laughs> oh, okay. Like, what? Yeah, he does a pretty good job of hiding the scissors, but it is it is weird how close he was following him. <laughs> but like he he doesn't hide the fact at all that he's right behind him. Yeah, but, yeah. But Jerry's for some reason not surprised by that. Yeah, yeah. Newman gets up to leave. Uh, Gino was still there. He didn't leave out the fire escape. He mm-hmm. was still there. And so back at Enzo's, Enzo was examining the hair, and it's a match. And so he's rushing out the door. Um, Newman asks him where he's going, and he says, "Io voglio vendetta." Yes, which I looked up, and it means I want revenge. Okay, that makes that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Cut to the Westbury Hotel, which anytime we see a business like this, I always like to do a little bit of um, extra work and uh-huh. try to figure out what the deal is. To the today, so the Westbury Hotel was at 15 East 69th Street. And in 1999, it shut down hotel operations and was converted into condo apartments. Are you interested in perhaps buying a condo in the Westbury Hotel, Ted? Because there are some, there are about four <laughs> uh, apartments on the market. Oh wow! Uh, let me, yeah. What's uh, the rent? A two bedroom, two and a half bath is three point seven million dollars. Oh my god! Yeah, two bedroom, two and a half bath. Meanwhile, the penthouse is currently up for sale. Okay, that, that, that's 60- going to be a reasonable price, right? It is 6,200 square feet. Okay. It's been on the market for 177 days, so I want to say that you mm. could talk them down. Okay. Uh, right now, market price is $38.5 million. Oh, baby. But like I said, it's been up for half a year, so I bet you could get them down to like 38, 37, 5, something like that. Yeah, you know? maybe. I wonder if they would take whatever I have left in my in my savings. <laughs> I Is that closer to $38? <laughs> uh, 1,600 to be specific. <laughs> <laughs> they might. They might. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, look, do you have anybody else interested in this? No. Doesn't look let, like it. Let me have it. <laughs> yeah. You can have zero dollars. You can have, you know, a grand and a half. Exactly. <laughs> the Westbury Hotel, which was still functioning as a hotel at this point, that's where the bachelor auction is going on. And uh, there's on stage a Harvard graduate uh, who gets, I don't know, like a thousand bucks, something like that. He yeah. does pretty good. I don't even remember what he got. But Kramer is up next. And Elaine is trying to sell him in the same way she's been selling all of these very eligible bachelors yeah, and, in the bachelor auction. And, and also, Elaine's a very bad auctioneer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's very slow. She doesn't know what she's going to say. Like, ladies, he is a Harvard graduate. He is yeah. at 950. Do I hear 1,000 <laughs> going yeah. once? I'm like, I- I'm not saying I want to hear, like, I'm not even going to try and do an auctioneer voice because I know I can't. But I don't know why they even talk like that. It's just a hey, blah, 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 blah. I don't know why they feel the need to do that. There's got to be a middle ground between Elaine and an auctioneer. That and you know what? I'm sorry if that accent is offensive to actual auctioneers, but I I'm, oh I'm not God. sorry actually. I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, not sorry to appropriate auctioneer culture. <laughs> sorry, sorry, you're triggered auctioneers. <laughs> Sorry, I triggered triggered all those auctioneers that are listening. <laughs> but I love this. So 
she's like, you know, he's a high school graduate, and she's corrected by Kramer. She goes, uh, equivalency. He got his equivalency. Uh, high school equivalency program graduate. Graduate, yeah. Uh, he's self-employed. Uh, he, she says uh, he's 6'3", uh, about 190 pounds. He likes yeah. fruits, and uh, oh, he just got a haircut. <laughs> yeah. Just all like just just like normal stats about somebody. Oh, yeah. Six three one ninety. Like it, it, she she's reading his trading card. Uh, yeah. M- meanwhile, Kramer's dancing like on the stage <laughs> and on the runway during all of this. He falls off the stage, does like a, a really nasty fall onto one of the cocktail tables. Oh yeah, I thought it was a hilarious <laughs> pratfall by Michael Richards. <laughs> but like it looks. It looks like it hurt a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he did it for real. (laughs) (laughs) He stepped off the back of the thing without knowing where he was going to land and like tips a table over. Oh, Oh, yeah. It was it was commitment to a bit. (laughs) But like that's for sure. Right after that, Elaine's like, should we start the bidding it? I don't know. Say five bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I wish we would have found out if anybody actually did bid on and win Kramer. Oh, yeah. That would have been like a really, really fun bit, like right at the end of the episode. Yeah, it would have been great for a cameo like Cindy Crawford or something, you know? (laughs) Maybe that's just maybe that's too silly for Seinfeld, but it would have been funny to get, you know, a a celebrity cameo in there to like to bid on Kramer. Back at Jerry's apartment, Jerry is sitting with Gino and he's criticizing Edward Scissorhands and it's kind of making Gino visibly upset. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, Enzo knocks on the door and there's a showdown with this great operatic, you know, symf- uh, symphony music, um, <laughs> a showdown with Gino, you know, telling the truth about everything. And they're getting ready to fight Gino and Enzo and Jerry probably would have to enter the fray. I it guess, sounds like Enzo yeah. wants both of them, uh, but they're distracted. Enzo's distracted by Edward Scissorhands and Gino is <laughs> as well. And so that creates peace between the uh, uncle and nephew. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Back at Sanilac, George uh, has his feet kicked up and he's napping at his desk. Meanwhile, the guy that interviewed him, Mr. Tuttle, uh, his name was dropped earlier in the episode, but I didn't catch it till just now. I, I think Mike says, oh, I didn't realize Tuttle was done interviewing or yeah, something like that. I-, I-, I missed that, too. And I I had written at some point in my notes, I was like, uh, his boss? Because I-, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> um, so Mr. Tuttle wakes him up and he says, well, George, uh, I'm surprised to find you here. And we're like, uh-oh. This, he didn't he didn't actually get the job but then he goes on to say I thought you'd take the bigger office oh so he <laughs> did have the job and he says you know when I hired you that's what I had in mind and so he did have the job this whole mm-hmm. time um, and so he's like let me see the uh, I understand you've been working on the Penske file and Penske loved it so much that George hands it over expecting to you know be lauded for the great work he's already done a week in but the but mr Tuttle is super upset with the fact that George has done nothing with the uh, obviously nothing with the Penske file. <laughs> he, he literally just put it in the accordion style folder. <laughs> yeah. George, uh, you know, takes this, you know, sort of admonition as occasion to say, well, you know, Penske says he wants to hire me. And Tuttle's like, no, what, you're not Penske material. <laughs> and so George is like, well, you know what? I guess we'll, we'll see. And then he goes, ta-ta, tatel, <laughs> as he walks out the door, <laughs> which I also laughed at probably way harder than I should have. <laughs> Back at Jerry's apartment, Enzo and Gino are both sitting there crying over Edward Scissorhands. Uh, and that's and- it. That, that's the scene. 
<laughs> and that's the scene. That's the scene right there. Uh, back at Enzo's, Newman, who who was talking to Enzo uh, earlier about, you know, th- always wanted to be a barber and he thought he'd be very good at it and stuff like that. He has now decided to take it upon himself in Enzo's absence and Gino's absence to start cutting customers' hair. Yeah, I know. Who, is, so, th- who is this guy? <laughs> I think someone who walked in and wanted a haircut. And Newman's like, I work here. Sit down. You know, I, I think someone who just didn't question. <laughs> Like there's someone at there's one person at a barbershop. It must be the barber. I would think the exact same thing. That's true. <laughs> yeah. It's obviously not a longtime loyal customer. You know, just somebody yeah, who needed a, a quick trim, sure. I guess. Uh, but, but Jerry uh, Newman spots Jerry outside who is staring at, you know, who is uh, staring at Newman from the outside. And Jerry comes in and he cuts on a pair of clippers and, and starts moving in towards Newman. Yeah. And then Newman just like he, he like shrinks down and yeah. And we get like the freeze frame, the credits, right as like Jerry's obviously like menacingly walking towards Newman with these clippers. Yeah, yeah. And instead of a, this is where the episode ends, but instead of a stand up bit, we get uh, two separate epilogues. Yeah, this was so weird. Like, are, are we watching a Marvel movie? Yeah, it was totally. Yeah, there was two <laughs> post credit sequences. <laughs> the first one is at Penske's office and, you know, kind of calling back to George's very first interview. Penske says, what I was going to say was, now you are aware our board of directors has been indicted, myself included, (laughs) and we're unable to do business currently, so we have no use for you. (laughs) Which also calling back to George telling Jerry and Elaine in Monks, because that's exactly what Elaine said about... Yeah, now you are. Yeah, of course, uh, our board of directors have been indicted. Yeah. Yeah, And also, did you notice that he had a noose on his wrist? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's playing with a noose. (laughs) Jesus, that's kind of dark. yeah, indicating that he's, you know, he's he knows he's guilty of all these things, so he's probably going to off himself before he is brought to trial or jail uh, or both. God, I, I, I was caught off guard by that. I'm like, that is, that's very dark. It was very dark, yeah, yeah. Then the receptionist buzzes in and says Mr. Cassandra's car is being towed. Just uh, insult to injury for George there, mm-hmm. who left the you know an awesome job that he had yeah and he, and he definitely unemployed once again he definitely had the job yeah <laughs> but like he just i don't know i i want to know if george knew what he was supposed to be doing and he <laughs> and he just chose to not do it for a week i i want to say no i think even for george that's too lazy i think he would have done something with that penske file if he'd have known what he was supposed to do Okay, so you just yeah. think that like he was got he got the interview and he got the job and was completely clueless about what they did. Yeah, and frankly, okay. I think that's a I think the uh, company dropped the ball because there should have been an orientation or something. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, like a just some sort of job description <laughs> at the very least, you know? Because I'm sure whenever he went in for the interview, it, it was for salesman or something, and so mm-hmm. but it's like, all right, well, how do you do business here? Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. But, uh, you know, I, it goes back to, you know, that, that great just little line at the beginning. It was like, you understand everything. You don't have to ask a ton of questions. And so uh, he probably felt by doing that, he would draw attention to himself. And, you know, so he kind of just had to sit there and maybe try to figure it out. But that's probably where the laziness came in. He was like, I'll figure it out when I get there. And then he realized that he didn't have to do anything to be there. And so he just that's that's probably when he started to not do anything. Yeah. If I was going to guess, but if if he knew what he was supposed to do, I bet he would have gotten right to it. <laughs> then we get the second post credit sequence, and this li- literally is after all the credits. Kramer is on the phone, and he says, "So when are you going to go out? When are you able to go out?" And Newman is on the other line, and he's completely shaved bald, and he goes, "Not for a while." 
And then that is the end of the episode. <laughs> it's so weird at this point, like not having a, a final stand-up bit. Yeah, I totally expected it, and then it was nowhere to be seen. Oh, man. All right, so do we have any homework for this episode? I don't think so. Nothing at all? cut and dry, yeah. All right. All right, do we want to try and come up with a better description? Let's see. Okay, so we had Jerry frets over leaving his incompetent barber, and George gets a job. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I mean, I I could even do without George gets a job, but... Let's keep it in. I have no problem with it yeah, in either. I, I really like it because it's not it's not giving anything away that you don't learn in the first like three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It, it's not like something that's sixteen minutes in and it's like, oh, bonding over a love of Edward Scissorhands or yeah, something, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a nephew and uncle barber team. Blah blah blah. <laughs> like, geez. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we've definitely had a, a good share of, <laughs> of wordy, spoiler-filled descriptions going into going into the episode. Um, yeah. Well, okay then. Uh, next week's episode, we got season five, episode nine, the Masseuse. Original air date November eighteenth, nineteen ninety three. And if you're looking at TV Guide that night, you're gonna see Jerry yearns for a massage from his new girlfriend, and Elaine worries about her new boyfriend's name. Okay, that sounds like a wordy, spoiler-filled one, but we'll see. I guess next week. Uh, yeah, I, it, I have no idea, like if it is or not. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember. I don't remember the the name that we're talking about. So I'm excited to see this one too. Maybe we're on like kind of an upswing of season five now because you know the the episodes have been good, mm-hmm. but this is the first one that I like starred in a long time. So yeah, I'm excited about it. So is that it? That's it. All right, for no hugging, no learning. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hallwell. Be good. Be good.